Hello and welcome to the music Welcome back, everyone. This is another episode of the Music Smoothie. I know you're not tired of us yet. Uh, we've got Billy for us tonight. Hello. We've got me here for us tonight. Yeah, we got Billy as always. We can't fucking get rid of him. Uh, we got Princeton Vice. We got Fishy all the way from uh, the Southeast U.S. Hello. We got Leandra from uh, Rocky Horror Minute. Hey there, hey there. And uh, we got me. And remember, I listened to Iron Maiden, baby. I got two tickets. And uh, <laughs> we got a good show for you tonight. I think uh, it sounds like I'm going up first. And uh, I got my song all ready this time, unlike normal. Uh, this is going to be a... Uh, it really shouldn't be a deep cut, is how I feel. Like, this is a great song. It's from a very popular album that everyone who is familiar with this artist knows about. Like, this is, um, <sighs> man, that's, that's how I feel. I'm, I'm very passionate about this. This is, uh, this, like, this song should not be eligible for, uh, for one of these episodes. Um, but it has under 10 million listens, so I guess I'm going to trot it out. This is Elton John's Madman Across the Water the third song off of his uh, eponymous album, Madman Across the Water. All right. Are we ready to give this a whirl? Yeah, I'm going to go across the water. Come on. 
That was Madman Across the Water by Elton John. If you're wondering why that song isn't more well known, it's the third song on the album. The first two, um, the first one is Tiny Dancer. The second one is Leave On. How did you feel about that, uh, Princeton? I really like that. Um, it's it it builds slowly, but it doesn't necessarily build in always in the predictable way you expect it to. You're like, oh, here's this part, okay. Got the um, guitar, great. He adds the piano, great. He adds the strings, and then he adds in like this strange heavy synth tuba something uh, right before the chorus, and it just kind of took it to another level that I wasn't expecting. Um, it's interesting because it reminds me a little bit of of uh, two different things, a little bit of some of the lighter Pink Floyd songs, um, and it also reminds me a little bit of uh, Curtis Mayfield. Uh, I think it was uh, right on on the darkness, right on what's the exact. Trying to look at the name of it. Uh, right on for the darkness. There's a little bit of the same. It ends very similar. That's just my thoughts. Absolutely. Um, I, I can totally see that. And this is right in that era. This came out in 71. So this was definitely that era where Pink Floyd started branching out more into um, less experimental um, music concrete uh, sort of inspired stuff and more into like prog. So it is that era where um, these uh, classic rock musicians were starting to experiment more with, like, uh, branching out into uh, progressive rock. And, uh, yeah, uh, you can t definitely tell that um, Elton John uh, definitely um, takes the lead from that and um, uh, explores that a lot. And especially in... I, I am a huge Elton John fan, <laughs> I'm sorry. And... Um, I, he really comes into his own by uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, where he also does a lot of that um, sort of uh, progressive rock channeling to, I feel like, a much greater extent. But it is definitely present uh, here in this album. Totally. And I just looked up um, Move On Up, also 1970. So uh, yeah. Curtis Mayfield, I recommend it if you haven't heard it. Yeah, yeah, I, I do like uh, Curtis Mayfield, too. That's that's a great recommendation. All right. Um Leandra, what do you feel? I'm super into this kind of darker Elton John song. I I agree that I I got some of the Pink Floyd notes in it, or even um, the Beatles song "A Day in the Life," that distortion part of it. I I really enjoyed kind of the the world building of this piece. Um, I think it probably suffers from being a bit too long for the radio. I think that's probably one of the reasons why uh, why it's not quite as well-known as, uh, as obviously so many of his other songs. But a really enjoyable piece and definitely a good opener. Yeah, well, this was the same year that uh, uh, Airway came out, so... <laughs> Yeah, but how many of those can you have on the radio at once? Then it becomes like, oh, we're going to play three songs this hour. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd be fine with that, but they're three good songs. To be fair, the DJ drinks a lot of liquids. <laughs> That's how I would be as a DJ. You know what? I'm going to play uh, one Yes uh, album this entire hour. <laughs> Followed by American Pie. Back in a moment. Gotta run. <laughs> All right. Uh, Billy, how'd you feel about this? Uh, I, I think, I mean, it's Elton John. <laughs> like, it, how can we like say anything shitty about Elton John? Like, I know there's probably plenty of criticism to be had, but about anything. But 
I only have like strong things to say. He always has he understands melodies very well. Um and I think this song is no exception. Like the just the the tune and the melody that's kind of strung across it is just kind of just gets in your head. Um and it's just what he can do with his voice is so powerful and how he it feels like just another instrument in the song. Um, I would say like he he definitely goes out and you can hear the strength of his voice in the song, but he doesn't like go like way way all out like he would in like say Tiny Dancer. Um, and I think that's that's like his, another strength of this song. Like it's a, just a little bit more subdued, um, and it's it is a very like interesting, thematically interesting song. I would say. Um, yeah, a very good opener. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, and that's a good point. He does show a lot of restraint in this one. Um, and Fishy. It was uh, pretty good. I'm not as well-versed in Elton John's discography as most, but uh, it, it was definitely distinct from, you know, the main hits that I have heard in an interesting way. Uh, it was really, you know, like driving felt like it was always going forward it kind of put me in the mind of like the kind of music they'd put in uh early pixar films like in a montage or something because it just felt like it was underscoring something big and dramatic that's going on i can hear that yeah it like Specifically, it kind of reminded me of uh, that horse movie, Spirit, and um, Brian Adams's soundtrack on that in a lot of parts. And I could just see in my head that playing over some of those scenes. So, yeah, it was neat. I liked it. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Billy, I guess you're up next. It is so funny that my song is going after this one. <laughs> oh my god, is this the shit post? Well, so I, I am saying that this is a shit post, and you'll see why it's a shit post in a sec. But I think that this artist definitely should get a lot of credit because he is a very influential, like internet artist. Um, talking about Neil Cisariga, or however you say that, um, he uh, did Brody Quest which um, a lot of people know him for. He also did Ultimate Showdown, um, the Ultimate Showdown like uh, animation and song um, that was on YouTube. Um, so he's definitely gotten a lot of like hits before, um, but this, this is part of like a project that um, is definitely kind of a shitpost, but he definitely enjoys doing this you can see because he's done it multiple times. Every now and then, he'll come up with an album which has mashups of songs, and they're all very interesting. And they're all definitely make fun of S Smash Mouth, um, and they uh, had have very interesting mashups that have like sentence mixing and just like different songs collaborating with each other in interesting ways. Um, I, I just, I love this. I'll listen to it every day. And it's, I think there's a lot to get out of it as a joke, but there's also a lot to get out of it. Um, just musically. Um, 
be ready for this one. It kind of just starts out very loud. So without further ado, this is Sponge Rock uh, from Neil Cesariga's Mouth Dreams album. under the sea Absorbent and yellow and porous is he If nautical nonsense be something you wish Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish Are you ready kids? SpongeBob SpongeBob SquarePants SpongeBob Sponge I can't hear you! SpongeBob! SpongeBob! SquarePants! Ready? SpongeBob! SpongeBob! SquarePants! SpongeBob! SquarePants! Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, playing in the street, gonna be a big man! You big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing SpongeBob, SpongeBob, SquarePants. Buddy, you're a young man, hot man, shouting in the street, gonna take on the world someday. You got blood on your face, you big disgrace, waving your banner all over the place. SpongeBob, SpongeBob, SquarePants. Sing it out. Somebody better put your bag into your place SpongeBob, SpongeBob, SquarePants Everybody SpongeBob, SpongeBob, SquarePants Starting again. Sorry, that was a different <laughs> song from the matchups. <laughs> All right, that was uh, Sponge Rock. From uh, Mouth Dreams, Neil Cesariga's Mouth Dreams. All right, uh, Princeton, it came to light that you are a mashup king from uh, while we were chatting in the um, text box. During I know, this... I don't want to go so far as to say mashup king, perhaps, you know, regent, prince regent of <laughs> mashups, waiting for the true mashup king to ascend to the throne. We have no mashup king. We need no mashup king. Uh, it's a mashup village. There we go. You know. Anyway, uh, no, I was really, uh, really fascinating. I, I, um, I always on the, the fence with ones that use voice modulators on their chances of the pitch because mo- sometimes they do it very, very poorly. Uh, this one seemed to do it really, really well, but unfortunately, it means that modulating kids screaming up into a higher pitch just sounds even creepier. Uh, <laughs> Naturally, no, I, I, they kept the energy, which is important to do, and they just didn't, didn't add random house remix stuff in there so i'm really curious to see hear more of their stuff yes yeah i can only like recommend it like this is a more shittier po- shit 
this is more of a shit post of a song, but I think if you like this, like please check out his other stuff because his other stuff is amazing. Um, and I still really like this, but I I think this this balances like part of that like really fun energy with the really just funny like this is just stupid kind of energy. This is an eye opener. It's it's this is a lover hater one. You know you you're going to have a reaction to this. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, what was your reaction, Fishy? Uh, it made me giggle, and I'm really upset that it did. It was so stupid, <laughs> but so amusing. <laughs> it like, like it feels entirely like he just said, "What sounds like SpongeBob, Sponge Rock? What's a rock song?" Oh, okay, here we go. And it's kind of amazing that he made it sound, you know, not an amazing piece of music, but listenable on its own, I think, just by mixing what he had. So, yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Uh, what do you think, Leandra? Uh, well, from Elton John to this very, very strange mashup, I I can very safely say that we're we're doing what the music smoothie is all about. Music should make you feel something, and this certainly does that. I I posted in the chat as soon as this started. Um, this slaps, <laughs> and it's yes, it's a it's a shit post, but it's it's very goofy, and it made me go, "What? No, what? Okay." And and it's has a place in the music world. It sure does. It sure does. What uh finish this up, Laz. This this was a thing that happened. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I can assess it critically, but uh yeah. Um <laughs> this was certainly a shit post. Yeah, you know, sometimes things on the internet are just like that. Sometimes you just gotta poke the bear. Yeah, I mean, I'm Would not mad about it. Would you say this song is a better song than the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins? Bilbo Baggins, only three should, feet tall. <laughs> should I not? Should I? I probably shouldn't answer. <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. I mean, it's not no anymore. Yeah, it's true. Um, rest in peace. It is fun to know that that guy that made Ultimate Showdown is still doing goofy stuff, though. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I mean I think he he captures like the internet's energy for each specific time period so very well. I think it, it's interesting that he's you know a lot of people stay doing the same kind of thing or in animation or whatever so for so long, but I think that this like kind of work that he's doing right now definitely encapsulates like what people can listen to and what kind of energy is going on right now. Yeah, for sure. Like I mean I I wasn't trying to like discount, you know, its inclusion. I was, I was just like, yeah, I I acknowledge this exists, and that's fine. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, there are 
better mashups than this, but I think this one is just like Princeton said, a good you love it or you hate it kind of thing. And if you love it, you're gonna really love the rest of his stuff. Great. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who's next? next? Yeah. All right. I think, <laughs> we're the same I think thing. that's me. Uh, as uh, me, Prince Advice, and as everyone knows, I love the sound of my own voice. I'm going to start with a story here. Um, so how many people have heard of the group The Weepies? Not me. No. Okay. Well, I'm going to put even more, something more obscure. So uh, basically, The Weepies is a band uh, that formed in the early 2000s. Um, and what it was is they consist of two different singer-songwriters, uh, Deb Talon and Steve Tannen, similar, but I'll try not to mix them up. Um, and it actually starts off very sweet and romantically. Uh, Deb Tannen, Talon was a um, singer-songwriter in, I think, like the Boston-ish area and always loved uh, going to see Steve at the local, local concerts. And she'd get his CDs and sing along with it on the radio and stuff like that, and playing in her car, whatever. And she finally got a chance to actually talk to him and said, hey, Steve, I'm a huge fan of your stuff. I sing along with all of your music on the radio, you know, in my car whenever I'm driving and add harmonies. And he goes, oh, I know who you are, Deb. I do the same thing with your songs. Um, and the two of them started working together and eventually got married and became the group called the, the Weepies. Uh, but this is a song that um, one of the first songs I think they he she either wrote it and he did harmonies for it or they did it together. I don't know, uh, but it's off of their uh, one of her solo albums. Uh, and it's called uh, Rocks and Water. And let me see if I can play this for you. Kind of folky. Cannot see your face anymore. 
midnight owl that does not know you You will see for your sweet self By and by so I will be rocks, I will be water I will leave this to my daughter Lift your head up in the wind When you feel yourself grow colder Wrap the night around your shoulders And I will be with you Even then, even when I cannot see your face anymore So there we go. That was uh, uh, Deb Talon with Rocks and Water. Uh, let's start with Leandra when she is ready. Did you have any thoughts? Pretty much enjoyed that. Um, I, I think that it's the harmonies that I like the most about it, I, uh, which isn't super surprising for me. Uh, I, I thought that just the arrangement of it on its own was really nice. And then I did a quick just search up of the lyrics, and it looks like the the story behind this song um, is is very kind of dark and complex. And I um, I don't know how true it is, but uh, it looks like it uh, the uh, it's about an abused mother who's murdered by a man and leaves a daughter behind, and it's kind of um, that that mom's warning to her daughter about what she's left behind as far as kind of the emotional trauma, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know how uh, genuine that exact literal interpretation, oh, she was murdered, but it definitely carries that weight either way. This is a warning. Um, and it's, it's kind of fascinating. It's haunting either way, literally, literally or figuratively. Yeah, overall, very enjoyable piece. I'm glad you like. Uh, all right. Um, Fishy, you want to go next? Well, uh, have any thoughts? Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. It, um, it, was, it kind of put me in the mind, the vocals at least, of uh, Lady Tron, and that already has like sinister uh, implications in my head, so it really fed into the subject matter and it kind of made me uncomfortable, but I couldn't really put a reason to it. Now knowing that little backstory makes some sense, but yeah, just the song itself. I liked quite a bit. I could see myself listening to this on its own. Uh, not much else to say, but it was pretty good. Laz, anything you have to add? I am a big fan of uh, uh, like pop country when it's not overproduced. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely um, was like vibing with this whole track. I enjoyed it. That's that's all I have to say. Billy, anything? Um, yeah, I don't think I have much to say about this track. I, it it feels like I might need to get a second listen to get more out of it. Sure. But I, I uh, agree with Leandra that the harmonies 
were pretty good. And um, it's just interesting that, you know, they paired together to make this kind of song. And it's such a darker, more complex song. Very interesting. Agreed. Uh, also, for point of reference, I, I would recommend if you if you like it or and you like diff- seeing different versions. Um, super silly plug. I know we mentioned possibly doing a uh, cover episode at some point in the future uh, or past, depending on when this comes out. Um, but um, she released it on her solo album with Steve doing the doing the harmonies, and he also released it on his solo album with her doing the harmonies. So you actually get to hear the the flipped version. Uh, and the harmonies are just as gorgeous and just as beautiful, but I, I feel like it carries more weight with her. It, I don't know. It, it it feels more raw. It feels more like this is a wronged mother who knows what it's it's like being a woman being you know abused and mistreated, uh, and and not believed from her word, um, as opposed to Steve, who is Steve. I, I got you. I've known a lot of. So Steve. can be said of all Steves. Yes, of all Steves. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Landra. Well said. Uh, that's all I got for this one. Who's next? I believe that's uh, me. Well, looking forward actually, to it. Um, it's actually Princeton. I'm, it's me again. Then you just went. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm out of it. Uh, yeah, it's fishy. I'm well, like, play it again if you want. But you I mean, mean, it's it's a good song. I liked it. I'm just trying to <laughs> make an excuse for Encore. it again. Encore. <laughs> <laughs> Glad it was memorable, Laz. <laughs> All right, Fishy, what do you got for us? Uh, my first one's gonna be "Busby Berkeley Dreams" by the Magnetic Fields. It's from the album "69 Love Songs." Uh, it's actually 69 songs on one album, and um, I don't think there's a single bad one on that entire album. It is very good, just like almost everything the Magnetic Fields put out. I picked this one because I think it's a nice encapsulation of how uh, they tend to really mix whimsy and despair in beautiful and sad ways. This is Busby Berkeley Dreams by the Magnetic Fields. Forget we're not made of wood 
Be Berkeley Dreams by the Magnetic Fields from the album uh, 69 Love Songs, which again does not have a miss. I used to use that as my background music when I went to bed, and I used it for that for a long time, and I just played it in the default order, and I still never got sick of any of those songs. And uh, a little bit of extra context Busby Berkeley was a uh, director and musical producer like actual musical stage musicals and if you uh, look up some of his stuff some of his shows on YouTube I think it really does add to the song because you can really picture being in the 1930s and getting drunk and going to a theater and just being sad and watching these complex geometric musicals play out uh Let's see. Geometric is a beautiful word to describe that. Pardon? Geometric is a very beautiful word to describe that. Yes. Well, uh, are you talking about the song or? Uh, no, no. His, mostly, mostly Berkeley, but a little bit of the song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is very, very geometric. There's squares everywhere. It's a fucking kaleidoscope. Uh, I guess I'll just start with you, uh, Princeton, if you had anything else. I think I've started the third time in a row. Um, no, uh, I really, really like this. Um, I, as mentioned before I, in the chat, I, I haven't heard uh, mag, mag, magnetic fields in ages, but no, they definitely are haunting. One of the things I often say with them is that they they are masters of picking the perfect word. It's not, you know, tone poetry or or, you know, describing grand sweeping fields, but they find the perfect exact 
adverb to, or adjective just to fill it. And, you know, in my outrageous Buzzly Berkeley dreams, um, just showing how um, grandiose and over the top the whole idea of is, even as he's lamenting not having them, you know, in real life. And uh, I just, while doing that, I looked at True Romance, True Romance magazine. Um, I've never read one of these. I've never heard of one of these until now. Um, and it looks like it was in the 1940s to 80s. And it was a published magazine of, read the description here, True Romance salutes couples who have proven that romance doesn't only happen in romance novels. So it's, you know, like Dear Penthouse, except instead of sexy stuff, it's, oh, this is, this is the true romantic stuff that happened between us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I totally agree about them being just totally on point with their lyrics. I mean, they always know what to say. And even if it is allegorical, you know, it. a lot of times if I hear a metaphor or allegory in music, I'll just take it for what it is. But almost every time I don't instantly grasp the literal things their songs are about, it, it inspires me to just think on it and gnaw on it in my head until I come to a meaning and it's always something at least vaguely profound for me when it comes to their music so yeah I definitely agree that they are very good at picking their words uh, Billy what did you think I think it's interesting that you say you listen to it as you were like falling asleep a lot because it does have a very lullaby-like nature to it, and his voice, uh, there's like, there's not a whole lot like going on. There's the piano, and there's his voice, um, and he is not going like past a certain threshold. Like his voice is very, very soothing, and still strong. But I think that this is just something that you can really just relax to and just kind of like dream and think about everything he's saying and just get yourself like lulled to sleep listening to this um don't have much else to say but i could see why this would be a very um a very cool thing to be into um and i could see really easily getting into more of his stuff cool cool uh, Leandra, what did you think? So, first off, I love Magnetic Fields, and 69 Love Songs is a, a truly lovely album. Uh, I I particularly enjoy this song. The cello part tugs at my heartstrings, and uh, I this is the sort of thing that if I, if I were to sing along, I'd have to be, like, in a really emotional mood and just like willing to have a, a crying drag about it. Uh, one one kind of interesting thing that I I know about this song in particular is Mandy Patinkin did a cover of it. And it uh, that one's also very lovely. It's just I uh, of all of the songs out there uh, for there to be covers. Um the fact that that Mandy's out there uh, singing it is, I think, a a true testament to how emotional it can get. Because uh, he tends to sing, uh, he, he tends to do very uh, emotionally deep stuff these days. 
I, I can't even imagine, you know, flighty, uh, flutish Mandy Patinkin singing this. I didn't even know he did music. That's pretty cool. I just know him from, like, Criminal Minds. He was also Nico Montoya in Princess yeah. Bride, of course. Yeah. Um, but this and, is... And uh, 88 Fingers. That's I'm not familiar cool. with that. Uh, Dick Tracy. 88 Keys. Dick Tracy. 88 Keys. Oh, 88 oh, Keys. oh. Okay. Yeah, he's, he was the singing and, and piano playing uh, music uh, piano player in Dick Tracy. What can okay. you lose? Only yes. the blues. That's okay, cool. I do see that now. It's Stephen Sondheim. It's it's a so Stephen Sondheim musical. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's one of his more low key roles, though. So I could un I could forgive Leander for not realizing that was him. I'm gonna have to check out his music because I like him in every role I've seen, and he just seems like a cool guy in interviews. So it's cool that yeah. he does music too. But and, back to uh, this specific track, I I just wanted to uh, roll back over uh, to it and say that. Um, obviously, Magnetic Fields uh, really does know how to uh, to rip my heart out of my chest. So, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I totally feel you with the, uh, you have to be properly in the mood to try and sing it. Because sometimes I'll find myself humming this song if I'm in a good mood. And if I try and sing it without being at least a little sad, it just does not sound right to me. So I totally agree with that sentiment. Uh, and I think Laz is the only one I've not heard from. What did you think, Laz? Yes, you've neglected me. Oh, yes, I'm again. sorry. Oh, I, I, my feelings are very hurt. Uh, no, I um, I can always get behind uh, crooning in, um, in music, and this definitely featured that. I... Um, actually have not heard a lot of Magnetic Fields somehow, uh, even though I've, I've definitely um, familiar with the band. I um, really needed to check out more of the work, especially after this. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a, uh, it was a very um, fun, interesting track that, uh, well, I, I could definitely see that uh, getting lodged inside someone's noggin and uh, beating around in it for, for a bit. Cool, cool. Um, I believe Leander is next. <laughs> yep. So, my first song and the last one of this round is a song by Ethan Bortnick. And if you haven't heard who uh, heard him, um, it's not super surprising. He's he's become pretty popular on TikTok, but. He's been a concert pianist since he was like three. Ethan has a Guinness Book of World Record record for being the youngest solo musician to headline their own tour for uh, from when he was like ten. Uh, he's now uh, he's only twenty one now, and uh, and this song is called Prom. I never had a prom Instead I brought down in my car 
I guess it took 20 to know that I cared all along We never went on a date Quarantine made sure that I was too late Now you're with other guys I didn't know it was a race Wish it could all fucking slow down Speeding up knowing I've missed out Finding out I'm just your Ethan Bortnick and his song Prom. Um, Laz, I I saw your message on on the side to me. Uh, you said, did you already know about him or did you discover him when I played engravings in the car that one time? I, I very much believe you when you say that you did this. I just don't remember. Um, so I don't know if you introduced me to Ethan Bortnick or if life introduced me to Ethan Bortnick or if both are true and I just forgot the first or second time. Well, what other thoughts do you have? Really easy way to figure it out. Um, how long ago did you discover him? Because it was the time we went in the car together like the last time with Billy. Billy, when was that? 
Um, that was probably like you mean the most recent car ride was yeah. like two weeks ago. Yeah, that doesn't actually help because I I've been kind of going down an Ethan Bortnick rabbit hole for uh for around that amount of time, and I don't know which came first, chicken or egg. Damn. All right. Well, it, I guess it doesn't super matter. I discovered him on um, TikTok. Um, What's um, TikTok? Know, it's, a, it's a dirty word. Um, yeah, I discovered him on TikTok a few months ago because um, uh, he had a viral video where he would like um, the the one where he uh, was like, "Hey," um, he he was like uh, chatting with um, some some girls he was talking to online. You know, like in one of those uh, skeezy. Uh, chat rooms but he was just like hey uh you guys want to hear this uh song that i just created and uh they were like sure and then he starts like like fucking banging away at the uh um <laughs> the <laughs> the um uh you know like the the opening chords for engravings and he just like blew them away and uh yeah uh but yeah this this song is definitely not nearly as uh um doesn't really uh convey as much of his energy as a virtuoso but it's it's still uh, a competently uh, uh, arranged and executed pop song and i i definitely enjoyed it i'll definitely give it another listen cool uh let's go with billy oh thank you um i liked it a lot it was uh it, it had me thinking it was one thing and then it turned into another thing um, and it, uh, I think that just like the energy levels were very like just his singing is really interesting in how he was able to carry the same energy, but like still go like still flow with the song very well. It, it felt like very Sophie and Stevens at one point, and then it gets up to that higher energy as the song progresses it and i i really liked it like i could groove along with it as as it progressed and i i liked that at that i liked that ending of you've reached to that boiling point and that it just it was weird how it just suddenly stopped out of nowhere i was like is this really the ending is this a fake ending and it was just gone where'd he go is he on tiktok I'd be on TikTok. Oh, okay. I think TikTok they they have a time limit, so that's just they cut off. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, is that is that the reason? No, no. Oh, okay. Speaking of shit posters, um... or is it? Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably like the Pink Floyd thing where they just abruptly end a song, and <laughs> it's like, oh, that's just the ending. That's just how it goes. Uh, this song kind of reminds me of of Radiohead, but in a in a good way. I know that sometimes when some uh, when people bring up Radiohead, it's not in a in a complimentary way. But anyway, Fishy, what are your thoughts? I I assume that the narrative was mostly literal, and if it was, or even if not, because it's still illustrative of the point, but. It is interesting how it's basically a song from a child prodigy talking about how much he's missed out in life. Uh, you know, one assumes 
probably largely as a direct result of devoting so much time and energy to becoming a child prodigy. So that's an interesting angle, I think. Uh, I'm definitely going to give this guy some more listens because I like this enough to pique my interest. And the fact that he's so young and already so confident just only intrigues me more. So yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Great. Finishing it up with Princeton. What are your thoughts? Well, first of all, I've been dying to say this for about two minutes. Uh, I don't know, do not know of Bortnik, but Bortnik is fun to say. Bortnik, Bortnik, Bortnik. Oh, don't let him say it. Keep Bortnik. him moving. No! Bortnik, Bortnik, Bortnik. Bort, Bort. Anyway, um, uh, yes, and now that you mentioned the Radiohead, I, I am hearing it now that you mention it. Um, I, too, was a little thrown off by the ending, and I found that really interesting because my immediate reaction is, how does it go? I want more. Uh, which just goes to show that you realized how much you were actually into it before you before you even realize it. Um, and that's how uh, I felt when my dad left. Sorry, he's continue. just getting cigarettes. Cricket, cricket. Anyway, um, and uh, yes, it could be about like, oh man, I'm a prodigy. I'm missing all out. But it also is, I think, if I'm here, if I'm this right, a brand new artist. And so I never had a problem. Was also pandemic. They literally lost two years of their lives. Um, so I, I have heard that conversation many times with, with many younglings. Um, and I, I totally relate. That's a, it's, this pandemic has been hard enough on all of us and making us all feel very much the same angst and building and, and falling and, and whatever. And uh, I think he captured that very, very well. Um, I will, an interesting thing is that I remember the... Uh, there's thumb in the, the sketch joke, which is if you don't know how to end uh, a scene, this is something that happened with uh, mostly with Monty Python, but a some degree Muppets too, which is if you don't know how to end a scene, end with an explosion or something being eaten or just abruptly interrupted. Uh, so I don't know if he didn't end the song because it's more powerful and poignant that way or just like, I can't think of a good way to end this. Cut the line. Um, so it's interesting to look into. But I'll have to look up more Bortnik. Bortnik, Bortnik. Bortnik. Did you, did you say younglings? Not just the men, but the women and oh, the children, God. too. <laughs> I, I wanted to cut him off and say that, but I already <laughs> cut him off once. So I, <laughs> I slaughtered them. I slaughtered them. I slaughtered them like animals. All right. That's enough Star Wars for one lifetime. Uh, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your song for round uh, two? Ooh, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Uh, I love the redirection. Pretty works well. Well, I don't have to be handled, Mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got awkward. That's cool. All love right, that. so our uh, our next song is going to be by a band called the Depreciation Guild. They were active uh, between 2005 and 2011. Um, their music could be described as dream pop, shoegaze, and Nintendo core, just because they in incorporate a bit, uh, bit of um, like a chip tune, like um, you know, uh, video game sound effects yes. into there. Yeah, I think you made up a few of those. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I have not made up any of them. Anyway, um, unfortunately, they were only together for a brief amount of time. They only recorded two albums. This is. Um, a song from their first album, uh, In Her Gentle Jaws. Uh, the name of this song is Nautilus, and let's go ahead and give it a listen. Mm -hmm. 
All right, that was Nautilus by the Depreciation Guild. And how did that make you feel, Fishy? Pretty good. It really put me in the mind of a, a lot of very chill, relaxing games, you know, when it was doing the chiptune stuff, not so much when he was shredding. But uh, I'd, I really enjoyed the implementation of the chiptune elements, and I wish that more... Um, you know, non-video game music would incorporate it because it's got just so much history and so much to draw from that, you know, arose from the limited space of those... Pardon me. Oops, sorry. Uh, the limited space of those old cartridges and stuff, and it really kind of caused a new thing to evolve and come into being. And that's just you know, by the wider music world that is largely just completely ignored. And that's a shame because like this song proved, there is a lot that can be done with it in very interesting ways. Absolutely. My favorite thing about it was that um, they, for uh, like the uh, percussion, they would uh, like use like um, intermittent uh, white noise to create that effect because that was just the most efficient way to do that at the time. <laughs> just use white noise. Yeah, but, you know, and that does create, like, an interesting little crackle. It's like, yeah, it, there's just so much to draw from that people don't draw from because they never played those or heard those old things. So, yeah. Well, I, I, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting, and I think it's, like, a, it could be, we could have an old, a whole episode just talking about it, but I feel like, um, like, Chiptune in general had, um, you know, sort of like a, um, uh, it had a bubble in like the early uh, 2010s and uh then it's it sort of like um i guess there was like a fad and it sort of went out of style after that which is unfortunate because i feel like there's a lot that could have been done with it that just you know we never got to yeah for sure i mean i think for a while there like you said in the early 2010s every single indie game was making their own chip thing and it, it got to the point where there were so many bad among the good that it just kind of gave the whole thing a bad reputation but this was good and i wish that more people would move past that bubble in the early 2010s and realize that it can be done well if it's not just overdone like it had been yeah absolutely um Princeton, how do you feel about this? Well, I, I don't think I know um, this particular band or a whole lot of stuff like that. It, it's, I mean, the joke comment that hit me in the top of my head is like, oh, it's Bauhaus plays Magfest. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I think what's interesting is that if it was, uh, I like the juxtaposition. It was, it was dark and deep and ethereal and wavy, and then you had the chip tune um, kind of um piercing through it all and i think if it had been just one or the other i think it would have been kind of eh but the two of them really really worked each other kind of filling in a, a different a very different tone um i also got a laugh at the final moment of the nautilus um ending crashing and it's hard to tell if it was waves crashing because nautilus or it sounded a lot like the explosion sound effect you get whenever you crash a car in like f-zero it was like did they did they just have an explosion uh so yeah 
Um, I am intrigued. And you were just saying that if you don't know how to end something, end it in an explosion. Yeah, I think they did. They they really did. They must have heard your advice, yeah. Would you like to play again? No. <laughs> All right. Um, Leandra, what do you think of this? Um, I am not as familiar with playing video games, so I didn't immediately clock like the chiptune aspect of it because that doesn't really register as something um, for me. But I will say that this uh, the song was like very very enjoyable to listen to and definitely the type of thing that I could just like have on in the background while I scroll through my phone. Is it the most entertaining track that you've ever shared with me? Eh, probably not, but I I thought that there was a lot of good to it. All right, that's fair enough. I'll take it. Um, Billy. Um, I, I'm going to try not to repeat what's already been said, but um, I think that this really does show like what you guys were saying, how much can be done with chiptune. Um, and with those elements, I uh, obviously uh, think that Nintendo Core is a really cool genre. And part of that is, you know, mixing those elements with other genres that you wouldn't really expect. Like, um, I think a song that obviously comes to my mind is the AM 180 by Granddaddy that was in 28 Days Later in the grocery store scene. Um, that's more of like an indie rock kind of uh, song. And then um, Horse the Band, you know, mixing like Screamo elements with Nintendo core sounds. It's it's just there's so much that can be done with these sound effects. And I definitely would have never really expected mixing it with shoegaze and kind of dream core elements. But it, it really works so well. Um, and part of like what works is that uh, just having those two like... I, I always say the word energies, but just having um, that, like, the the shoegaze elements aura. mixing so well with the auras. Yeah, I guess aura works. Just the shoegaze and the um, being on the same kind of, like, frequency with the Nintendo core elements. Um, and it, it mixes well while you have those um, kind of low... Um, vocals kind of like just mixing in also with those just all trailing at the same time and it mixes into a glorious kind of clusterfuck that's really interesting um and this is just a really dreamy cool song i'd definitely be this is right up my alley I'd say it almost has like a uh, polyrhythmic quality to it. Like, would you would you agree, uh, Princeton? You're the music theorist here. You said what was it? Poly what? Polyrhythmic. Yeah, I'd have to listen for it. Um, uh, not as much as I, I I personally remember it, but I, I could be. I'd have to listen again. Sorry, I, I could be mistaken. No, you're you're fine. Yeah. When I think of polyrhythmic, I think of Gamron music where. Uh, Gamelon <laughs> music yeah. where yeah. one is playing on normal piece, one's playing on half piece, one is playing on quarter, you know, quarters, you know, three quarter speed or, or one, you know, four times speed, that kind of thing. 
I absolutely know what you're talking about, and uh, listeners, be prepared because I'm bringing a song like that. Uh, that's in... that's another theme week, right? It's Gamelon week, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? I'll you know, I hope you're ready for two hours of Gamelon music, everyone. <laughs> oh, Have man. your thumb pianos ready. Oh, I'm ready. How did okay. it get into my ass? <laughs> Well, maybe you should uh, uh, wipe better after you go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music theory did not serve me well. Sorry. All right, Billy. Uh, speaking of music theory, uh, dazzle us. Bring us something good. It's your turn. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I don't think I have something good. Um, well, hopefully I do. Um, so this is a band I really like called Cursive. Um, they are. Um, a, they've been around for a good bit. Um, they've been around since 1995. They've changed a, a good bit since then. They're still a band, but they've disbanded a couple times. Um, part of that disbandment um, was around like 1999 um, or ni- 1998. Um, the the lead singer's um, name is Tim Casher. He had to leave because of his marriage they came back in 1999 and then um there was another hiatus a couple of years later in 2005 and then they came back and made this album called happy hollow i really like this album it um i think that this is a very inspired album that goes into the depths of just i don't want to get too political here but um it goes into the depths of how he perceived um empty suburban lives, um, just the hypocrisy of Christianity and people um, telling him what to do, him being raised in a a Christian family kind of thing. I don't think he actually was raised in a Christian family. I don't know that much of his life like that, but this, um, he, in this album, he does like sometimes take the perspective of, a um as like a teenager living and being like pushed to go into the military by his father and that kind of thing uh going into the perspective in one of the songs as a man uh a a older man pursuing uh a teenage girl and some things like that um so it, i think that it's it does have a lot to do with corrupt politics and that kind of thing. And i that's what really interests me about this album is how inspired he was to come back, reform the band, and make this album. Um, this song has a lot to do... Well, I'll let it speak for itself. It's kind of obvious, and I will say that I do like his lyrics, but they are always on the nose, um, as you will hear. Uh, this is Retreat by Cursive.
They check the mask in the chapel. No, not them. Since you've been away on holiday, the natives are all nightmares. Since you've been away on holiday, I daydream you'll disappear. You keep us on a leash we can't conceive, but soon we'll sit here too. That was Retreat by Cursive, and yep, uh, I think there's a lot of cool, interesting elements going on in this song, especially for a band that's mostly known for their emo and their, you know, post-hardcore stuff. There's still plenty of that, like, that's present in the song, but I, I definitely think that if you like this, check out the Happy Hollow album. It's a very interesting, I think... Uh, very, I, um, 
not personal, but maybe like I will say, an inspired album. Uh, what did you think, Fishy? It was pretty good. I I don't have too many thoughts on it. It was just generally good, I think. But um, I I did like the very very conversational tone he adopted for much of it. A lot of the times, I feel like that is discordant in a negative way with songs. People try too hard to remove any sense that they're singing, but this was a nice conversational tone implemented well into the song itself while being sung, I think. And I think that's pretty rare, at least in the music I hear. But other than that, I don't have too much to say. It was pretty good. That's fair. What did you think, Leandra? could be easier for you to hear what I have to say if I wasn't on mute. Um, I I really liked the song. I I thought that it was just kind of the the type of song that would be fun to listen to in the car. Um, I I did look up the lyrics, but kind of it's not that I got distracted that I I actively went, you know what, I'm just going to put these lyrics aside and just listen to the song and like vibe with it. And uh, I, I did just genuinely like the way that it was put together. Very fair, yeah. I, I, I think that like, I usually generally like his lyrics and they're interestingly put together, but the lyrics for this one are relatively simple um what did you think Les? i wish i had something to say about this but i was away on holiday while i was playing wow are you god (laughs) (laughs) yeah i created the dark ages um (laughs) but no i uh i'm surprised um not many people have have uh, mentioned the um the the arrangement for this song, like the the, I felt the the musicianship was was really on point. Like that chord progression, I think in in the the hands of an amateur, it would have sounded like uh, garbage. But really, it just it sounded so smooth, to, considering like um, how uh, how how jarring the the chords they used were in the you know, and I. Um, it just, it just like it. It was the whole song was like smooth, like butter, and I, I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed this one. I, I was really just trying to find the perfect uh, song from this album, and they, they, they all have their own unique goodness about them. But I, I listened to this one, and I was like, yes, I, I was a little hesitant because of it's obviously about God, but. Um, I still think it's it's pretty perfect for me. All right, last but not least, Princeton. Um, um, first of all, I would argue if it's no more controversial than American Idiot, you're probably fine. Um, no, I really like this. I I would have to re-listen to it to get all the nuances of it because there's a whole lot of stuff going on there. Um, the riff is of course what hooked me in there. Um. It sounds extremely dissonant starting out, and then I, I and somebody mentioned how smooth it felt, and that's the classic rule of, of music theory, which was uh, any dissonant repeated enough becomes assonance. 
Um, and then you move to the chorus, which is a little bit more streamlined, a lot less dis- uh, dissonant, and then it goes back to the riff, and you remember how jarring it is for another few moments before you, you settle back in. And it's it's artfully well done. Um, so yeah, I'd want to uh, sit with this and pick it apart some more, but I, I'm 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 intrigued. That's awesome. I've I've never really thought about it like that, but I I think that you really do have a good point there of how the dissonance really get you get used to it, and it sounds so good after just a couple seconds. Anything else before uh, I take my uh Did we miss anybody? Any? No. Go ahead. All right. So uh, my next one, uh, this is one that a lot of you guys have probably heard, but maybe not in, or at least a lot of people listening uh, might have heard, but uh, probably haven't thought about in years. Um, uh, this is from the artist uh, Mark uh, Mulcahy. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right. Also known as the group uh, band Miracle Legion. Uh, however, he had a side project, side group called Polaris which did the uh, soundtrack for The Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon back in the 90s. Um, this is one of the most popular songs from the band. Uh, that was probably the opening credits and stuff. Um, but it's one that always stuck with me. I also particularly like it because it's... it's um, it. I don't know which came first, the song or the episode, but the episode is about a character hearing a song once and not and trying to do his best not to let it leave his head. So it's it's... If you ask me, it's a perfect mix of like catchy earworm and kind of ephemeral that you can't hold on to. So here is Summer Baby by Polaris. Summer baby, come on baby, show me the town. I didn't know that you'd be such a short visit Once a year I noticed that you're not around Mama says you went when you were exquisite If you seen all I've Last night we were hypothesizing that you were an angel Sometimes it feels like you're looking down From up above where the angels are found Like you, 
There we go. Summer Baby by Polaris. All right. Uh, how about uh, we pick on uh, Billy? Did you have any thoughts? Um, this felt, this was a very interesting, like, kind of mashup of, like, uh, his voice and with the um, kind of like a surfer rock esque kind of feel. Um, I I don't know what else i could really say about it but i i liked it it was interesting i it i think it's kind of something that takes getting a little used to sometimes um i'd definitely like to hear some of his other stuff to see if it is like kind of this or if it um is like different but definitely a kind of fun uh play with that kind of thing it's funny you say surf stuff because it's like, oh, I this is week I, a week I decided not to pick surf stuff and I accidentally looks like I did it anyway. Um, all right, uh, let's go with Laz next when you're ready. Laz, did you have anything you want to add? Sure, I actually did not get a surf vibe. I got a vibe from a different direction. I um, just I really liked the um, the uh staccato uh delivered um verses uh from the vocalist and then the the uh of course the legato chorus really reminded me of pavement and then of course the the simple uh guitar riff you know like it, it really invoked that for me um especially for the the first half of the song the bridge and outro really reminded me more of like um like a, um a late 80s alt rock which um, I, I guess still isn't out of the ballpark, but uh, I I enjoyed it. Hear it, glad to hear it. I pavement, just a thought. Um, all right, uh, uh, Fishy, any thoughts? Uh, I don't have too many thoughts. I, I quite liked it, but for some reason, like I was having trouble hearing this song as this song almost every. A new verse I was like oh this reminds me of that thing or this thing and I, I was just bouncing around in my head thinking oh this reminds me of this or that to the point that 
I don't think I really gave this song a fair shake, to be frank, in my head, because I was just so focused on trying to identify what it reminded me of. So uh, it was good, but I'm probably going to listen to it later and really try and focus on the song itself, because as it stands, like I said, it's just made me repeat over and over in my head, what does that remind me of? And I, I can't place it. I'll get back to you if I can ever remember what it's making my brain itch so hard trying to remember. <laughs> At least you made you bounce. Yeah. Got a good beat. You can dance to it, you know? Uh, Landra, I think you are our last up, right? For um, comments, any thoughts? Yeah. So I actually agree with Fishy. This uh, this activated my ADHD in in a very uh, very big way. My brain uh, went, oh man, I remember the song from Pete and Pete. Or do I remember the song from Pete and Pete? I miss Pete and Pete. I like the music from Pete and Pete. What else did I listen? Uh, what else did I watch when I was watching Pete and Pete? And my brain just like refused to stay focused on anything through this entire song. But it was like in a very happy sort of um, positive of word association jumble. I don't know. Like usually when I can't focus, I I try very hard to force my brain back to task. But with this, I was like, oh, just let it ride. And I, I think word association jumble was you, you played guitar for them, didn't you? I, I did, yeah. Um, you, you played zither, yeah? Yes, yes. Okay. That, that or handbell. I can't, I can't remember which one. Yeah, uh, but it was just, um, it, it's a good song and a good, uh, good kind of side project for, uh, for some very talented musicians. And I, I don't actually, um, have a problem with the fact that it evoked some sort of like um sleeper agent that's only ADHD. So um, I'm glad it, it, it evoked evoked something you even if it was as a scramble. Yeah. Um before I before I give up, I just want to mention one last thing. If if you've never seen Pete and Pete but you're a fan of, of uh 80s, 90s music, uh go ahead and check them out again. Because it's it's one. There's got the good song from from Polaris, but there's also funny because it's the early days of Nickelodeon, where they were just found starting off and they had no legs to stand on. They had no cred, except that it was being built off of the backs of MTV. So it had like no A-listers, but they're as far as actors go. But like you had here's the random sludgesicle salesman, and you're like that's that's Michael Stipe, or you're like oh this is the crazy neighbors across the street, and you're like that's Iggy Pop. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's Janine Garofalo as one of, as like the English teacher. And you're just, it's just fascinating. That's so, true. Uh, I'd, uh, I'd never thought of that before, but that's very true. That's funny. Um, the, this particular episode, um, the, the Little Pete's band has, uh, I'm just reading up IMDb, Miss Fingerwood played by Sid Straw, who was a backup singer for Bat Benatar and was in the side project band with Michael Stipe, the Golden Palominos. And it's like, it, they, they had connections. They just were music connections. Although Steve Buscemi did show up as Ellen's dad, so that's cool. Buscemi? Buscemi? Buscemi, was Buscemi. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, uh, that's my song. Thanks for listening to my song! <laughs> All right. Uh, Fishy, you're up. All right. Um, this one is It's Nothing to Me by Sanford Clark. 
sometimes credited incorrectly as Harry Johnson because people in the mid-60s were very mature. Uh, I like it because it, it's nice and simple, but it, it does have some interesting things going on with distortions at parts, and I'll have a little more to say after it plays. This is It's Nothing to Me by Sanford Clark. Does it also have a nice dance and you can beat to it? Uh, I wouldn't say so, no. Oh, one second. My uh, clipboard has reset itself. Let me type this out. I can beat to any song. Yeah, I know. I really, really just want the listeners at home to reflect on how devastatingly awkward it is that we all live together. (laughs) Fishy, uh, you want to share the same bed tonight? No, I get night terrors. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get a worse night terror if I'm beating off right next to you. (laughs) I really hate this. I'm I'm imagining the sitcom as we speak. Okay, I think this is typed properly. It's Nothing to Me by Sanford Clark. Take your drink to the end of the bar, buddy. Let her stay there. Now don't be a fool. I'd as soon have a hot seat in sing, sing prison than to sit down by her on that stool. What's that you say? I guess you're right. It's nothing to me. See that man, she belongs to him, buddy. Better drink up and go while you can. I can tell by the way he looks at you, buddy. That he's sure a quick-tempered, jealous man What's that you say? I guess you're right It's nothing to me There you are, stretched out on the floor buddy now you see what you made him do here they come to take him off to jail buddy and tomorrow someone will bury you oh well that's life or it was Nothing to me All right.
right, that was It's Nothing to Me by Sanford Clark from 1966. Uh, let's see. Let's start with uh, Leandra. What did you think? really enjoyed this song. Um, I, I think that I generally enjoy music that you bring to the table, though, Fishy. Um, this is... Uh, this song kind of has its own vibe, and... I, uh, reading along with the lyrics, I, I felt kind of, I, I felt myself smiling and going like, okay, this is like clever and fun in a way that only uh, music from that time period kind of does that for me. So overall, just a, a really fun uh, thing to bring to the table. Thank you very much for this. Yeah, thanks. And yeah, I I definitely do agree that it has some kind of fun, quirky energy. One day I hope I'm cool enough to get shot in a bar because someone's jealous that I'm sitting beside their girlfriend when I'm just trying to get drunk. Has this ever happened to you? <laughs> happened to one of my mom's friends. Les, you want to go next? You're muted, buddy. Oh. Good call. Uh, how'd you know that I hadn't just uh, evanesced into the the wind? No, I was saying um, it really reminds me of that one um, instrumental song that was uh, really big um, in the early '60s. I I can't remember. Just the uh, the guitar tone. Um, uh, well, it's gonna come to me eventually. But anyway, um, I really liked the the crunchiness of this song and. Uh, um, it's another in the long line of uh, murder ballads. Um, I know you uh, you brought one on uh, your very first episode with us. Yeah. Uh, the Nick Cave one. That was good, too. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this. Cool, cool. Uh, Princeton, what did you think? I liked it. Again, I'm going to have to take another listen. I, I think it was interesting because... The first thing I listened to it was like, oh, it's a story about a, it's a figurative story about you know you know sitting at a bar and wasting life and bad choices yada yada, and then the shots rang out and it just took it to this whole melodramatic next level of oh oh we are we are literally going to perform this exactly right here line for line, um, so it, it kind of hit the uh, it's it's the 1950s old version of paper planes all I want to do is bang 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 you know yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 interesting. It's it definitely has some Johnny Cash vibes. Yeah, for sure. And and I, I uh, I'm sorry. I should say it's it's the it's the dark, deep, mellow melancholy of Johnny Cash meets the over the top uh of um what's it called of the the Americans uh hold me a little bit closer, the one that was on, you know, um Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I'm not sure. I've not seen that. Uh, let me let me see if I find the name of it. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's, it's the. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Mexican Cantina. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 got the silly, hokey, over the top, literal theatrical line by line experience combined with the darkness of grittiness of of Johnny Cash, which almost becomes a kind of a dark comedy at this. You know, when you put those two. Very dissonant, you know, dis opposites together. Yeah, yeah. The song is called "Come a Little Bit Closer." It's by Jay and Thank the you. Americans. Yeah. 
Jeremy Americans, thank you. I was trying to remember what it was. It has the exact same beat as La Bumba. Um, thank you for filling that gap, then. Hey, no problem. It's uh, Well, I couldn't remember the name of my song, which was, I just remembered it's Rumble. It's by uh, Link Ray. It's uh, had a bit of a resurgence in uh, Tarantino. I believe he played it in um, uh, Pulp Fiction. What was it called? Rumble. Rumble, okay. I'll look that up, because if it's like this, it's probably something I'll enjoy. Yeah, uh, um, you've probably heard it. It's been everywhere. It was. It's an instrumental. Yeah, I'm sure I have. I, I like Tarantino quite a bit, but uh, I can't really place it at the moment. Fair enough. Uh, last but not least, uh, Billy, what did you think? much to say that hasn't already been said but um i think that it's interesting we were talking about you today uh, just a real real quick minute uh fishy um because i think gs uh brought it up um but it was like he said that you had your 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 niche of like stuff that you bring um and i think like i think that that is true like but no one brings like this kind of thing like you do, and I I'm, I agree with Leandra. Just when you bring your music, it's always such a fresh like uh, thing that I'm not hearing from other people too. And it's it's so like each song, even if it's part of like a similar niche, like each song brings something new to the table. Like the Nick Cave song. Um, is different from this song, even if it's like a, s- a similar like rendition of what this song brings. And I, I just, this song is like such a fun, like own its own mel its own melody and tale of like a murder ballad. And um, it it's like from the popping and from the ballad itself, uh, it's just such a good, um, interesting thing to bring. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, don't I feel special? Thank you. You should. You better. Nobody says that kind of stuff about me. Uh, yeah, you're special. Who are you again? Uh, I'm just this homeless man who walked in off the street and found this microphone. Hey, uh, I, would you like to host this uh, podcast, uh, Fishy? <laughs> God, no. <laughs> yeah, there's only one king. Uh, yeah. I'm happy that's to him. That's Elvis. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thank you very much. Damn, he's here. Oh, the great those Elvis. of the impression. <laughs> Elvis is in the building. <laughs> Get out of my fucking house! <laughs> <laughs> I will haunt you in your dreams. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess uh, Leandra, you're gonna round us out for the evening. All right. This song is by a band that I think people probably heard about. Uh, it is Gogol Bordello. It's uh, it's not one of their couple of tunes that I think most people have heard, um, but it is from the album Gypsy Punks Underdog World Strike. It is the song Underdog World Strike, and. Uh, if you haven't heard Gogol Bordello before, it is it's very much its own thing, and I I thought that this would be a nice closer because it's high energy, and I 
out, I'm just going to let the music uh, speak for itself. Without further ado. No audio can be found. Cool. I will try something else. Who's a do? I keep hearing of him, but I can't see any further of him. Uh, yeah. It's French. Oh, okay. D-A-U-O-X something. I think that there's like probably another sev- uh, several O's in there. A do. Let's see how the dog will strike. 
walking through new streets But before I want to I see the same ditch Inherited by you, a power machine That crushes you and strangles you right in your sleep But be it me or it's you, the leisure class I think we all know that beat punk, hip hop, be a reggae song It is all connected through the gypsy part of town, let's go! The Underdog World Strike by Gogol Bordello from their 2005 album of the same name. Uh, let's start with you, Laz. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I thought that was a great jaunt. Uh, it had a, a lot of energy, and I felt like it it didn't like blow it all uh, right away or like sort of like wear you out over time. So I feel like it had um, this uh, really great way of just like um, uh, just sort of like uh, bouncing back on the, on the, on the beat. So you, you like um, it wasn't, it was still like high energy without being like totally frenetic and uh, breakneck, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How familiar are you with Google Bordello? Um, not super familiar. I've heard of them. I've heard a couple of songs. I uh, I specifically put them uh, put them on here because I keep getting ads for they're doing a benefit concert on New Year's Eve for of course Ukraine and um they've just been in my head kind of non-stop in the background and this is the song. So uh, so if you're curious why no uh, why I've been bopping around it's it's because of this oh uh, yeah um very neglectful I've missed out on the bopping <laughs> uh Billy, what about you? I think this is just such a fun little jaunt uh and I would definitely go see these guys live um it they i think the groovy bass line is just in the back it, um, I could see that getting like underappreciated. It's it definitely uh, all the sounds just come together um, so well in this, and I, I love all the different all the different sounds that pair together for this too. It, it it's it's just such a fun. Or I already said it, but it's just such a fun 
jaunty tune um, that I think um, the the louder um, vocals with everything just adds up and builds the energy even more, and you just never lose that energy, just like uh, Laz said. I think that it's interesting that you say that uh, that there's a lot to it, and um, I'm just looking at how how Wikipedia classifies Gogol Bordello, and uh, as far as genres it goes, punk rock, then Latin rock, polka, folk rock, dub, Romani, and gypsy punk. And I feel like the uh, the Romani and punk. Uh, is the is the primary pieces to it, but because this is an American band uh, put together by people from so many different backgrounds, you're really pulling from a lot of different uh, life experiences and getting different things out of it. Yeah, you can really hear all those different influences come together here. Fishy, what about you? It was really neat. It was like train spotting at a Renaissance fair. It just had so much energy and like, but it had that driving energy, but it also had that undercurrent that was very neat as well. And they meshed together so well. Like, oh, pardon me, I'm yawning again. Oh, yeah, it was fun. I had a lot of fun with that. I'll probably be adding this to a playlist that I listen to in the morning to wake up. Because it woke me up, and it was just a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. Awesome. Yeah. I think you need a coffee, Fishy. I've already drank so much coffee. Aww. If this is in my post-wake up, I'd hate to see him pre-wake up. <laughs> if it's pre-wake up, he's asleep. Winston, that's how sleeping works. Wait, hold on. Yes. Oh, what? Yes. Thought I heard a thump. Oh dear, they're coming for you. And it's already so far after the Halloween episode. Mm. Winston, what are Fishy. your thoughts? I absolutely love this. I've never heard of this group before. Um, but this just hit so many of my favorite things. I mean, I'm looking, at, staring at my Spotify playlist right now, and half of it is um, pop punk, and the other half, like, I listen through half the day is, like, uh, Django Reinhardt. Um, uh, so, I mean, this is, this is so many things I, I didn't know I love smashed into one. Um, the two thoughts, other thoughts that hit my head is one, it kind of reminds me of like angry reggae meets Gotan project. <laughs> um, and part of the second thing that hit me is I, if this isn't in a Guy Ritchie movie, it's just a matter of time. Oh, so, absolutely. This is, uh, Gogol Bordello has been in several, uh, different movies i think that the the first one that people are aware of also from 2005 uh, if you remember there was this elijah wood film called everything is illuminated and the singer of this co-starred in that and really if you've heard the song start wearing purple uh, that's uh, that's a gogol bordello song but then no, never heard of it um one of my favorite kind of early 2000s movies is Wrist Cutters, A Love Story, and that has several songs by Gogol Bordello, uh, and it's just, uh, there's there's a lot of really fun, sort of eclectic music that uh, that's built out of 
uh, of the collaborations that uh, that Eugene Hutz uh, brings to the table. Eugene's the uh, the lead singer and kind of the the brain the brain and heart of of Gogol Bordello. Thanks so much for sharing with me. I I could, this is a perfect closer if you ask me. What do you think of, about its ability to close out this episode, Laz? I think it's done a great job, and I guess uh, it's up for me to carry that mantle next. Um, all right. Uh, any final words about the song? I don't think so. No. All right. Um, yeah, good picks, everyone. Uh, great show. All right. Um, yeah. You know the drill. Um, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna amend this and and add all the you know the engagement stuff afterwards. Um, uh, Princeton Vice, Leandra, uh, you guys have stuff that you want to plug. Ladies first. Oh, I guess that's me. Um, yeah, you can find all of my stuff at RockyHarmMinute.com. All right, and then uh, Princeton. Yep. So if you like uh, horror hosting, I have a bunch of horror hosting and cover videos like, you know, Dragula and Squeaky Ukulele um, uh, at uh, Princeton Vice Presents on, and on YouTube. All right. Very good. Um, everyone, I hope you all had a good night. No, I did. It was okay. Yeah, it was fun. No, I had a great time. Ditto. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Of course, yeah. of course. All right. Um, that was our show. Um, hope uh, you guys had a great time too, audience. Um, this is the Music Smoothie signing off. And uh, remember to uh, spin your friends right round, right round like a record baby. All right. Good night. That was fun. All right. And that was our latest episode of the Music Smoothie. Hope you enjoyed that blend. And uh, if you like what we do and would like us to record consistently, uh, we're currently trying to record weekly, uh, consider donating to us on Patreon at the Music Smoothie. And um, follow us on Twitter at TMusicSmoothie. And uh, we're available on uh, Instagram and Facebook at just the Music Smoothie. Uh, all the music we use is fair use under the uh, media um, criticism clause of fair use. And uh, if you like uh, the music we listen to but don't always have time to listen to the episode, our um, playlist is available on uh, Spotify. Just type in the music smoothie and uh, you'll be able to find all the music we play. All right. That's uh, all the music that's available on Spotify, at least. Not all of it is. I uh, hope you guys had a great time, and um, have a good one. Day, morning, evening, night, uh, times uh, in other dimensions as well. Yeah. All right, see ya. <laughs>
Sky Swing, Mother is not quite what I want.